welcome to the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast, where we give you weekly tools and tips to teach you how to grow your hygiene department. We are your go-to resource on everything you need to turn your hygiene department into a profit center. My name is Rachel Paul, and joining me is my amazing co-host, Vicki Collier. Hey, Rachel. I'm glad to be here. Hey, Vicki. So Vicki and I are both dental hygienists. Um, and we're coaching experts. We've both been in over 700, I think 700 offices yes, yeah, by now. And um, we love what we do. We, we work with, with doctors and their whole team and hygienists. And we really were about creating um, the best quality of care for sure. your patients. Sure. It's something we're both really passionate about. And uh, I know our listeners are still getting to, to know who we are, and, and I always like to start off, too, with a fun fact. So Vicki has a bunch of fun facts. Really so I'm going to have you pick just one. So tell us one fun fact that listeners probably don't know mm, about you. Okay. Um, growing up, and even now, I had an interest in forensic pathology. I always kind of wanted to be a forensic pathologist. And uh, my neighbor is the deputy coroner for my town, and so he invited me to the GBI crime lab for an autopsy suite tour. So I spent the day in the autopsy suite. At, yeah, that's, I don't know if they call that a fun fact or not. Who is that I, fun for? <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> but it was cool for me. I thought it was, I was able to apply all the science that I had learned in school to, to that. So I thought it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. What about um, you, Rachel? Do you have a fun fact? Let's see. Fun fact. Um, I um, play a lot of tennis. I don't know how fun okay. fact that is. And, it's um, good exercise. It's actually really, really good exercise. And I had a match actually last night, and these two women killed me on the course. It was one of those things where like my partner and I, we got out there, we're like, oh, we started warming up. We're like, oh, we'll win this. And uh, no, it was really ugly. So uh, I, I don't know if that's a fun so you're fact coming either. Off a, a, not a win today. I, it's not a win, but it's also good because I think it's good to, to humble yourself sometimes. Absolutely, so, yes. Uh, you have to lose because it's only going to make you better, right? That's right, that's so, right. Um, awesome. Well, um, today's episode, I, this is, I love talking about this. And so we're going to talk about um, high-level services that you should be recommending to your patients. Okay. This is episode two of our podcast, and um, and really, I you know I like to start by saying, getting people to think like, what do you think of when you hear high-level service? And um, I know you hear when you go into offices, you start saying high-level services. It gets a little a little scary because you think, okay, this is going to be something expensive, something right. I don't know how to do, you something that we've never of- done before. Yeah. Start thinking about things, or they'll say things like crowns or veneer. Like they want to automatically think sure. it's like these big high dollar, high dollar mm-hmm. items, and and really that's not true. A high level service is really anything that you are providing your patient that's creating value. Sure, right. Yeah. So um, so we're going to go through three high level services that really you should be recommending to your patients. Just three. Just three. We only have 15 <laughs> minutes here, but let's, we could go through a whole bunch more and right. we'll continue to get into those. But we'll talk about three um, simple ones that really you can start doing right now. And um, the first one I always think of that a lot of offices never, they, they never say it when I ask them, like, what is a high level service that you guys use? This is actually never mentioned. And it's one of the most important ones. Mm-hmm. And that is the intra oh, camera. That is one of my favorites. I have said this time and time again, Rachel, that the intraoral camera is going to be 
your best selling tool. Absolutely. You've got to use it before it's your best selling tool. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, if a patient can see what you can see, that is half the battle of trying to convince them to follow through with treatment. And I have used it time and time again in my practice and, I, and I've seen that. Absolutely. In fact, I, um, I, I went to the dentist yesterday, as yeah. a matter of fact, and um, have a wonderful hygienist. And she, uh, I have a fracture on the back of one of my molars. Mm -hmm. And she took a picture of it, and I was just like, mm -hmm. I cannot believe yeah. it's that bad. Right, you just because right, you, right. you just can't see it, sure. right? So a picture is worth a thousand words. Absolutely, the old saying, and it is so true. How right? frustrated did you ever get as a hygienist when you go through your whole spiel? You you know you are pouring it out there as to why they should follow through, right? And then they still don't follow through, um, and you think, what what more could I have said? Sometimes it's just that picture. Yeah, just take just a picture. picture. I had a guy, picture. he came in with a chipped tooth. It was bothering his tongue. You know, usually things have to hurt before people come in. But he, right. he, was, he was a regular patient, but he had had a lot of dentistry in the past. And I think the tooth was number two. Um, it had a huge, big, ugly amalgam filling that was, you know, just black. It was just, it had been there forever. It had done it, it served its purpose, but now the tooth around it was starting to break. Mm -hmm. So I, I put the camera there. We had talked about, okay, there's not a lot of tooth left. Going to need a crown on this tooth. This is what he's going to recommend when he comes in. Well, as I brought the, the, the camera forward, he saw number three. Number three looked just like number two. Had the same filling, the same huge, you know, massive amalgam, but the tooth just hadn't broken yet. And he right. said, wow, that one just like, looks like, just like the one that's broken. Maybe I should go ahead and crown it too. So and I thought, he basically, oh! you know, the angels began right. to sing. And, and yes, he, he diagnosed Treatment himself plan, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So it was the easiest sale ever. He was ready to do it that day. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I think they're amazing. Uh, very underutilized in offices yeah. though. So many times I hear the old, they'll, they'll say, well, we have cameras, but mm -hmm. one's the one in room one is broken and then, <sighs> Uh, yeah. yeah, and then I'm like, well, yeah. who's responsible for getting the cameras fixed when they're broken? And it's like crickets, right? <laughs> right. Like, uh, I, I don't know, yeah. not me. Right. I'm like, well, that's probably why that camera's been broken, right? Right. And the doctor half the time doesn't even know about it, right? Sure. So it's just making sure we have a, a protocol for like who's responsible for the cameras for when they break, mm -hmm. right? Maintenance, mm -hmm. making sure that they're working. Um, and, and some offices, they're not where they have a camera in every single room. Sure. So I always say set a goal, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. if we hit our production goal this month, then we can use that money and invest in a camera, right? Um, and, and also I think doctors don't really realize that you can get a decent camera yeah. for relatively cheap. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of these USB intraoral cameras for 150, 150 bucks. bucks. Yeah, I so, had two. Um, and, and Rachel, I think that's important. Um, before I had my own camera years ago, I had the best of intentions of using the camera on as many patients as I possibly could. Right. But how quickly do you think my intentions went down the drain when I had to go searching for a camera? I had Absolutely. to take off my gloves. I had to go looking in each room. I saw it was there and now it's dirty and I have to grab it. You're just mm -hmm. not going to, to use not. it as if often. If it's not there, yeah. it, you're just not going to use it. And um, I know this. the last episode we talked about that standard of care. So sure. putting your um, intraoral camera you know, what is your standard of care for the intraoral camera? In my office, it was every patient, every time I had a picture up before the doctor came in. And um, I can tell you, coming from an office where I didn't have one in my room sure. to one that I did, yeah. and we used it consistently, treatment acceptance was night I agree. and day. Absolutely. Right? So it yeah. really does pay for itself. I was the same way. When I had my own camera, I would use it more, much more often, and it paid off. Right. Um, I think that's, again, it, we talked about also creating value. If a patient, a patient 
will value the service. Use the technology that you have. If they think they're coming to an office, they may have come from an office that had lots of big, nice, fancy cameras, but if they right. weren't using them, the patient didn't know. Absolutely. So use your technology that you've invested in to create value for your patients also. Absolutely. Um, so and the second thing I'd like to talk about, another high-level service that a lot of offices are just not really utilizing, and they have, is um, adult fluoride, right. varnish, right? right? Um, so if you do, do, do adults still get cavities? Exactly. <laughs> That's the question, right? Good point. So um, we actually are more prone right. to because we get sure. older, you know, our gums recede and let's, you know, That's, we start. Those are the people who are in the doctor's so, chair. Oh my gosh, I know, right? Uh, but it's, it's, we just let insurance dictate it. Yeah. So insurance yeah. doesn't want to cover it, although uh, we are starting to see a little bit more coverage there. It's sure. not great, but I always sure. say you got to charge that out, right. right? Make sure we're charging right. that out. But um, if you look at what the uh, American Dental Association classifies as low, moderate, and high risk, it's interesting because you'll actually find that mm. most of your patients fall into high, high risk. risk. I am a dental hygienist and I'm a high risk I patient. I am too, Rachel. I, um, I, I thought I, I had do. some connections. Yeah, but no. when I start looking at those risks, I realize I'm oh, not right. everybody yeah. else. Yeah. So um, I actually do varnish on my, on my own teeth every three months. Mm -hmm. But um, so it's a huge benefit for the patients and it's, um, it really is a high level service. Most offices charge what, about 35 bucks somewhere, around, somewhere there, yeah. around there, mm -hmm. give or take, depending upon your state. But um, if you think about that, if you had even a 75% acceptance at that, mm -hmm. you're looking at adding another 40,000 plus Absolutely. per hygienist per year with such a valuable service that right. just, it, it's wonderful for the patients. Right. And one thing I have seen that hygiene, this, it doesn't occur to a lot of dental teams to offer this because we know that insurance doesn't cover it. And I think we've got to get past that. Absolutely. Because if I were the patient and you had something that would benefit me, that might keep me from getting more decay, that might help me to keep my teeth longer, you know, I know there's no guarantees, it's not a magic bullet, but if you didn't tell mm -hmm. me about that and I found out about it from someone else later on or another office, I'd be a little on the ticked off side about not, I, said, I trusted them to, to, right. to help me keep my yeah. teeth. That's why I made the appointment. So I think that we as a, as, a, as a dental team, but especially hygienists, have got to get past assuming that patients don't want what their insurance will cover. Right. Won't, won't cover. I know. And we'll, we'll be talking about that in future episodes. Sure. Just the verbiage. Because to, to me, with the right verbal skills, you could do anything. Right, right, right. So it's not just about the knowledge, but how do we present the treatment And I as think well. if this is something that you believe in, that you're going to be a lot more likely to present it, and, and you'll be surprised at the number of people who actually want it. Absolutely. So it has to be done. Yeah, I mean, we see um, in our offices that we go into, we're, they're mostly at 75% and higher yeah, on acceptance. Yeah. So it's, it's believing and, and then having the verbal skills to sure, present it, right? Sure, sure. Um, and then the third thing I, I'd like to talk about is a high-level service that I find um, oftentimes we're just not really utilizing mm -hmm. is desensitizers. Right, right. We used a lot of Gluma in our mm -hmm. office. Gluma is, uh, I think Microprime is the generic brand of, of Gluma. Um, but I used a lot of that on exposed root surfaces. Mm -hmm. um, those sensitive, those teeth, those teeth that were just a little quick, quick cold sensitive. Right. You know? um, but I, I was probably as remiss as some, I didn't probably charge for it as often as I should. So now we have taught offices that this is a service that's valuable. People will pay for this. Absolutely. They want to pay for this. So um, I think that it has to be an offering. If you've got a patient who is suffering with that, I've just recently had a, a, a tooth that's become a little quick cold sensitive when water hits it. I know it's fine. It's, you know, I've got those receding gums and, uh, with, with, with age, but um, 
I thought, you know, I know about, I, I want to know, I know about this. This is something that I can take advantage of. But think of all those people who have that and think there's no answer to that. So right. we can provide the answers to our patients for these things that, that they have the problems for. Right. Um, one, of our, one of our colleagues actually was telling me that she went to her dentist recently and they applied a desensitizer to her exposed roots. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, great. She goes, yeah. And I said, oh, do you mind me asking how much, how much do they charge? I always like to find out mm -hmm. you know, what people are charging mm -hmm. and things like that. Right. And she said, uh, 150 and they, and they did Holy it for all. She goes, I would have paid a thousand. Yes, because I agree that, with that. Yeah. Because anyone who experiences yeah. that sensitivity knows that. Right. right, absolutely. So there's a lot of great products out there. Sure. Um, Gluma, I know we used brush and bond brush in and our bond office where mm -hmm. you actually brush it and bond. And sometimes just by sticking a curing light in there, <laughs> for some reason, it's like a mental thing that yes. they feel like you're actually doing something, right? Right, right. Um, and then I would always do that, the air test. So I'd spray the area mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, if they felt it, we'd do another round. But sure. it was great because it was like yeah. that instant relief. Leave, right, right. But just like you, I can think of a couple of patients who asked me for that each time. Right. Um, and I, and we may talk about this at some point too. I don't care what offices choose to give away. Right. You know, I, I don't think our point is to say you should charge, 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 charge for everything. But right. I think we've got to create value for those. Absolutely. We have so many products that are valuable. So many things that are of value to the patients that it's all in the presentation. How we get that across. Uh, that even if you choose to give something away, if you should create value for it so patients recognize that they've received something from you. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's what it all boils down to is creating value. So, right. uh, but, so in summary, we, just, we want you to go back, uh, meet with your hygiene team, review what type of high-level services you offer to your patients. Um, you know, what is your standard of care for your intraoral camera? Um, are you recommending fluoride to adult patients or are you just letting insurance dictate that? And then what type of desensitizers do you currently have in your practice? If it's something where um, you need to explore some products, I would assign a person on your team to go do that. Uh, I can tell you I'm a hygienist. I love research. Right, so you right, probably right. won't have a hard time finding a hygienist that wants right. to do that. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to the Hygiene Profit Leaders podcast on iTunes. We have new episodes every Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also subscribe by visiting our website, hygieneprofitleaders.com, where you can also download notes from the podcast, listen to previous podcasts, and learn more about who we are and what we do to help you grow your hygiene department. So stay educated.